One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. It's your host, Scott Needham. The goal of this podcast is to give you something really smart that tomorrow you can improve your business and you can think long-term and you could be one of the sharpest people that understands selling on Amazon. I've been selling for close to 11 years. Now, I have a guest and I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about. So happy for this subject. Never talked about it on this podcast before. We are going to jump into building a long-term product that turns into a brand that like where you could launch it in a way that has less risk. There's a cash flow positive part to launching products this way. And, and I have someone that's done it this like time and time again. So I hate Dylan Lamb of Rank. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Scott. It's my honor to be here. Cool. Well, I think on a podcast about three or four weeks ago, someone mentioned Kickstarter and I was like, and I, I kind of had an aha moment. I said, I was like, if a product can successfully launch on Kickstarter, you have the beginnings of a brand where like they care about your brand. They don't care about just your product. You're creating something new. You're creating something that actually can have a fan. So you have had a lot of experience with this and created a future-proof product launch formula. Let's talk about some of the old ways that people launch products. You can still launch products like this today, but, and how that has evolved into your product launch formula and how you are using other marketing channels. So eventually, like nowadays, e-commerce, like they all lead to the same destination, right? It's all about trying to scale and try to have your own warehouse and try to lead to a way that you can uh, increase LV and LDV as well in the same time. So the way that we see is as in like uh, e-commerce, Amazon, dropshipping, you know, they are all the same thing, right? So we don't treat them as in a business model. We only treat them as in a channel. Yeah, I think a lot of listeners probably do treat Amazon as a business model. You know, it is their entire business. That's okay. But the way that you're talking, we're going to treat Amazon as a channel. That's right. So yeah, Amazon was a channel that can provide a lot of high purchase intent traffic because you don't have to run ads. You don't have to do a lot of like different kind of like creative testing and then you will still get a lot of like traffic right off the bat when you tell BBC auto campaign or maybe a sponsor brand, so much about that, you know, you would just get traffic, you would just get sales, right? It's just so high intent, right? So the way that we pretended as in like, uh, we created a system as in like a, a evergreen selling system, we call that future-proof product launch formula, is that we don't just research a product, just looking at the keyword gap, or maybe just to change one thing on the product or try to bundle things from, maybe let's say if you're in a boxing niche, right? We don't just sell, I mean, the way to skyscraper it is going to be just a boxing gloves and then you have boxing pad and then you have those like a hand roller or as the time goes, the more things you have to be in the bundle, right? So those are the existing way that sellers normally use to try to research a product. But that didn't consider anything about whether or not they can sell outside of Amazon. So to sell on outside of Amazon, like for example, on Facebook or on TikTok, right? If you want to really get traffic, if you want to scale your company into seven figures or eight figures in the future, you got to have a product that really can generate traffic, but not just a commodity. And that's why when it comes to the research process, it's not just about just looking into the, the way of Google Gap, Google Trend, or just like maybe putting one more feature in the product. 
it has to be something that sells in the social media channel that can pick up from a crowd that will go viral one day. So the way future-proof product launch formula works is we use triple validation process. Right? The first validation process is, of course, using the normal way that Amazon research will look like. And then the second way will be incorporate dropshipping style, as in like uh, I was a dropshipper myself in the past. And then the way we test product is like we keep testing product that generate engagement, interest, or like a virality. So because that's what we are focusing, and then we are testing like uh, 10 products, and then there's only one product that is winning. And that's why we understand all the potential virality features in a product. So combining both of them, Amazon research, job driven research, then you came up a golden product that you show that you can scale in the future. Not, but then not, you're not just limiting yourself to scale inside Amazon, but you can scale inside and outside Amazon. So, okay. Most listeners probably know Amazon research, keyword research. You did mention a little bit, another type of research. So like, you know, there's three, the three steps here. Then the second is this drop shipping research. When you think drop shipping research, are you talking about like, say like, you know, creating a Facebook ad, what kind of Facebook ads get engagement with a few different styles of products? Am I understanding that right? Yeah, that's right. When it comes to choosing a product, the criteria of choosing a product is uh, when it comes to drop shipping, we have to hit several factors. The first factor is uh, whether or not you will get engagement from the comment. I mean, if does does it solve a problem, right? Everyone has to solve a problem, but does it solve a product enough to get people comment on the Facebook ad itself? Okay, so I guess in this phase, do you run a few ads? Are you taking a few type of products, running a few ads? Are we thinking like $50, $100 just to see if it gets like a click through, if it gets a, an engagement? and how people react. Okay, so that's the second phase. It's been around for a while. I think a lot of the dropshipping Shopify world is very comfortable with that. That might be new to my audience, newish to me. I'm not sure if I've kicked off a ton of Facebook ads successfully. So you take those two, and then like there's this third step. Let's jump into that. That's pr is this the Kickstarter step? Yeah, in the Kickstarter steps, we put on to Kickstarter, as in doing all the initial marketing, right off the bat on the platform because you have already you can't go for the first step without doing the first and second step because first and second step essentially guarantee your product will generate a hype before you go to kickstarter so we don't treat kickstarter as in like a platform that you just put it there and then hoping hoping the magic will happen in one day that you get up to 100k right we don't do that we, we really spend the effort to craft the angle, know the message, know the benefit of the product, and then we market it. We find the messaging angle, and then we do the prospecting, and then you can go into Kickstarter from phrase one and phrase two. Okay. And Kickstarter can be, there's a lot there. Um, you know, to, to, a, to getting a successful Kickstarter, you know, you have to have people really buying into a product, and you need people to show up. You need to bring traffic to your Kickstarter. I'm assuming that's a, that's a big part of your process that you talk about, how to bring that traffic, whether it's paid media, earned media, and then maybe even a bit of organic through the Kickstarter. If it, if it starts to generate a little bit of a success, then it starts to, to get more browsers and, and kind of grow organically. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. 
So the, the way that we generate traffic on Kickstarter is all about the day one of traffic. Did you say day one? Day one, that's right. So our schedule starts from minus 60 days. Right? So minus 60 day to day zero is the pre-launch stage. And then from zero to 30 is the launch stage. And then after the 30 days, it's a post-launch stage. That's, that's how we categorize the stages. There's work before Kickstarter. Then there's like day zero. That's when you're live on Kickstarter. And then there's like a launch stage after that, right? Yeah, right. So before the Kickstarter even started, like uh, it's all about like it's all about like the preparation before, right? Building a landing page, uh, building the Kickstarter page. Like you want to communicate with influencer. You want to talk to the uh, affiliate marketing partners. All the things to build a hype. And then most importantly, is about building the community, right? Uh, the way that you do the validation before, you don't just waste those money. You get to get them to your Facebook group, get them in your email list. So you get them hyped up to your product that you want to launch. And then slowly they will think, oh, I'm along with your journey. And that's why I want to back you. I want to support you on the product that you have created. And that is the power of the Kickstarter. Like when the day come on day zero, you have already done several amount of lead gen ad. Like normally, like we we'll, we'll teach people and see like how to reverse engineering, how much lead do they need to, right? So say if you want 100K for your goal and then you want to have like, uh, let's say, and then your, your CP, CPC and CPL, like uh, cost per lead is around like 10, which is high. Normally it's like five, but I'm just using it for calculation sake. So let's say your CPL is, is 10, but then, uh, and then you, you, your conversion rate is around uh, 30%. Then you want to work it backward and, uh, and understand, okay, I want, to, I want to have that much of lead for me to get into like a, a 100K. Right. So that is that is how we do the calculation, and of course, Kickstarter itself it supports us on the like on their platform algorithms. It supports to maybe ten percent of the organic traffic if your product gone viral. Right. That's that's why like on the first day we always want to squeeze all the juice into day one and day two and day three from our affiliate market partner, from influencer reach, from the email list that we are sending, uh, and then from the past email list that we have as well, and past campaign that we have done into one day. And that is how you're going to be pick up the pace and then rank yourself into category the first in Kickstarter in Kickstarter. Interesting. So you back your way into the, your revenue goals with some advertising numbers. That's kind of new to me. That's really interesting because like, if you're able to earn a hundred K off of a, of a Kickstarter campaign, well, you know, cost of the product will be, you know, say 20, 30%, you can spend. 30% of $100,000 on advertising for your Kickstarter. And what you're saying is you have a little bit more certainty about success. If you've done some of the validation beforehand, you have a proven advertising launch strategy. I know I can get, you know, a lead for $5 and get them to pay. And then you create that virality that happens inside the Kickstarter. And then before you know it, you got a little bit of community engagement. That is pretty cool. I didn't ask you beforehand, so maybe you don't have any on mind. What type of products do you think that do well on Kickstarter? Are we thinking like, I mean, are there like off the shelf products? You mentioned boxing gloves. Could you make boxing gloves work on Kickstarter? Yeah, so there's no general guideline on what are the product that you can launch on Kickstarter. But then the reason why uh, this method is working so well right now uh, in the Chinese market is because 
We all know that right now to sell on Amazon is no longer just a white label product. You have to be have one additional feature or one additional bundle or different things to, to put in the mix in order to create a new product to sell on Amazon, right? For that reason, people just would like to test out anyway, whether or not if that's a good idea to put it on Kickstarter, right? Going back to the question, what would that be? Okay, we have seen a product that as boring as in just a cat toy that comes with like a maze inside, paper cat toy with maze inside that you can put the toy inside. So keep your cat busy, right? And then we have seen just a baking stone, just a stone, right? So, so the story goes like the baking stone was actually launched back in 2012. And then they just launched the same baking stone uh, in 2020. And then they are just changing the material from just a steel plate into a wooden style uh, material, but then it's, it's going to be open safe as well. So they just changed the material and then just put it on Kickstarter with a good story. And then it sells for millions. You're telling me that a baking stone that's maybe slightly innovative, new, good story that works on Kickstarter. That's right. Or maybe like, I can't say it all credits to the product. I mean, because they have launched on Kickstarter uh, at least five times already. And then they just pick it back their brand. They have all audience and then they style that stone, uh, baking stone again. And then there you go. That's the general meaning. I got another story to share. I see like, uh, there's a brand called Kitchenware. So what they do is like, they realize that when you put stuff in the oven as well, you always have like a tray and that tray is too big. And that's why they started to make this modular tray, right? They started to make this modular tray. And then, so when you put stuff in the oven, you can just separate all the things like a lunchbox, right? So that campaign generated around 800K, okay? That is not the story that I want to tell. Uh, that's what's after, okay? What's after is there is a brand called Missing. Missing decided, oh, to be fair, that baking tray is missing something. It's missing a handle, right? So they're not the uh, first comer, okay? But then they, they just a handle and then they decided to just go to Kickstarter again and they, they generated around 120K, right? It's okay. It's not 800k, but 120k. After that, there's so much things that you can. It comes after. You can build a brand that piggyback the the success that you have on the first launch, and then you can also target the market before like selling this directly on Amazon, right? And that is the benefit of it. So now you've had a successful launch on Kickstarter. You have a hundred thousand dollars of orders. I don't know if everyone's like hearing this. The, the main advantage and difference here is you actually haven't made the order with the manufacturer yet. You've talked to them, you know your costs, but you haven't sent out any money. So now you get that money. Then you, you actually have pre-sales. And so there's a huge cash flow advantage that you can buy all that product, get it delivered to the customers. And then also, once you deliver to the customers, you also can launch on Amazon and use that as a channel. You've built a brand, you've built customers outside of Amazon. You know that there's demand and there's something unique about it. And you've already generated a social media interest. So clearly you're gonna perform well on Amazon. That could be a profitable channel into the future, but it is not your business model. The thing is like the way that we help sellers like uh, in the past, like we literally just ask them launch two brand on Amazon. The one that you started on Kickstarter and the one that is like a cheaper version. It's just the same product, but then you're trying to dominate the market. Okay. So that's the first one to add. And then the second thing is the beauty of doing that is you can just walk away anytime. 
even though you have generated 140k, you just decide, oh, I have enough money already. I just realize uh, I don't want to go for Kickstarter. I don't want to go for, I mean, I don't want to go for like Amazon. Um, I want to just launch another product and wait until my second product come out and I will launch on, on Amazon. Because the cost of walking away in Amazon, if you sell on Amazon first, is just so expensive. Imagine like you have to deal with the stocks that is already in the warehouse. Imagine you have to think about where it should go, so should you go to charity or should you just dispose the order. Even you're disposing an order is expensive. If you are not doing that, you're using PPC to sell it maybe like 50% of the cost. It's just so time consuming. You're right. You're saying on a Kickstarter, you have flexibility. You don't have to do, you don't have to launch on Amazon. You don't have to. So we're going to put together a new little segment right here. We're going to call it the thrill of the shill. You see, I'm going to talk about something that I do, but I'm going to do it in a way that makes it exciting that you have, <laughs> that you learn it and you enjoy the whole, the whole thing. Okay. So I'm going to take you back to 2017, been selling on Amazon for about four or five years. And it, you know, there's competition. You're always looking for an edge. I'm big. I'm just like little hacks, little edges, whatever. So there's this new program called Small and Light, and I really didn't like it at first. It just it was too little, just like not enough to like make this interesting. And then they gave it the Prime badge. And even though it shipped within three to five days, they gave it the Prime badge. That changed everything. That means you could win the buy box a lot easier. And with your FBA fees being a dollar less, we started to lean in. And every single time that we did something, we just leaned in further. Reverse engineered the entire program of the Small and Light, figured out the API connection so we could create a lot of listings really quickly. And then we're like, well, everything's working. Let's look for more opportunities fast. So I just started scraping hundreds, thousands, every, every product on Amazon that was worth a damn. I was scraping all those pages and I was organizing just different qualities about different brands. How many small and light ASINs did this brand have versus this brand? And I was like, well, I'm at it. I'm just going to track other stuff. And so I was like, well, I'm going to track their Amazon in stock rate. I'm going to track like the average price. How many sellers do they have? And before you knew it, I had like entire catalogs for categories. And this was in 2017. And while we did find some small and light opportunities, it just kind of became a space that we kept turning to of like, well, what new brands can we work with? We always wanted to find the best of the best, you know, what was worth it to for our time so that if we want a deal that it was, we could swing big with it because you can work your butt off and get a brand that does, you know, $100,000 a year. That wasn't that interesting. We wanted to 10X that. We wanted the two to $5 million brands a year and that actually was what became Smart Scout. Something that we threw a lot of ideas in filters to find the best of the best. And that was the seed of Smart Scout. It started out with a small light program, which now no longer exists. You can't even use it, but Smart Scout kind of scratches that itch. There's one use case that like stands out to me very easily is like we track out of stock products. You could go to a brand that maybe that you already work with or whatever, or a category and just throw in the filter out of stock. Show me what's out of stock. This box is checked if they have been stocked out within the last two weeks. If it's longer, we just let that go stale. And because that tells you like one, this product has been selling and no one's selling it. So it's just a huge opportunity finder. And one of the many ways to use Smart Scout as the thrill of the shell. Hopefully this is thrilling enough. I can do better, but I can't be perfect. So, all right. If you want to give it a test run, uh, Smart Podcast 25 and you get 25% off your first six months of Smart Scout. All right. 
Actually, I do have one question. How are you fulfilling those orders on Kickstarter? You get the product from China or from wherever the manufacturer is, you get it, you bring it to either a 3PL or to your warehouse. Do you, are you shipping it yourself? That's right. Uh, normally, like, uh, because we got a lot of commercial in China, that's why like, we, we, we just do it by ourselves. There is a lot of like, uh, shipment agents out there, like they're just specifically doing for crowdfunding. Of course, they are kind of so-called agency, but then they're the middleman that will charge higher for the fee. But then for the in-house, uh, we have an in-house instrument team. So we work directly with the uh, Korea. That's why like, it's going to be way cheaper. I just want to add to that as well. You don't have to ship your order until you're ready. So we have a customer that who are developing a backpack and it's been already seven months already that the product is still not shipped yet because he's really putting his time to refining the detail. And then on the timeline itself, they really stated that the product will be ready after like a certain uh, 2014 in March, right? But then they launched the product in like in 2003, in early 2003. So that's the thing that you don't have to fulfill it immediately. Right. Kickstarter builds yourself a still a little bit of time for product development. Okay. Interesting. This is the first launch formula that I've ever heard of that sounds like building a brand. Very interesting. And there's a few skills that are a little bit tricky that are probably new to some people. Facebook advertising sounds new to a lot of people. Working with you know a manufacturer overseas, that's new to a lot of people. And then actually Kickstarter is probably new to a lot of people. So there's a few steps here that some of the details do matter, but conceptually, I get it. Uh, I'm in. Um, I would uh, you know love to quit my job and uh, just launch Kickstarter campaign after Kickstarter campaign. I've actually heard of someone doing something similar for a few years and I, I just don't know. I, I think it always felt like I just couldn't. I did, it would be too hard. I felt that way. I felt like I can't do that. That's too hard. Um, and I think it's probably not. And uh, you uh, are educating on this. Um, and I think you, uh, you help people through this process, right? That's right. That's right. But the, the, the advantage uh, is just outweigh everything uh, like kind of like hard work that you can uh, that we can think of already because uh, it's not just about the uh, the cash flow and inventory that is benefiting we are also like removing our risk uh, uh, for putting all the egg in one basket in Amazon you can see like how much uh, storefront is being suspended back in uh, not back in but every single year right your your store might be happy, but then you still can suspend it. And then um, you're quitting yourself as an Amazon brand, but becoming a true brand, right? And then you you can also utilize those email that you have from email uh, from Kickstarter, and then you can launch your second product. When you launch your second product, you can utilize those email lists. And the old list of the launch, the, the you know, last time uh, when we launched your product, there was two thousand uh, uh, backers. Until right now, we are still sending email to ask them for reviews. So everyone is having this problem to try to get reviews on Amazon. We do fine voice, we do like Zumbi listing back in the past, and then we do these like uh, family and friends or Facebook group or SFB, right? Like such and buy, right? So uh, right now you add that one into the mix. If you launch on Kickstarter right now, you can control the percentage of email that you're gonna send to them because you own the email. And then you can say, okay, uh, today, uh, this month, this week, I want to have 40% uh, of the, I mean, 50 people, I will email 50 people to ask them to get different reviews. Right, and then uh, you can control the this the flow of the reviews going to your Amazon listing uh, without getting suspended. So that's the ninja hack there. It's legitimate. 
you know, this is real traffic. This is real product and community building. And so you do have flexibility. I, I love it. This is, this is traffic that you own um, and not traffic that you rent or buy from Amazon. Well, Dylan, you've been in the Amazon space for a while. You, you have actually, uh, you know, you started as a, a PPC agency, you know, I said 2015, but you started moving over into product launch and, and you do um, help people through that. So if someone wants to learn more, um, I presume like they, they can just go to your website, omirank.com and then start. And there's a, a form about launching products. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. If anyone interested to uh, look at like the product roadmap or maybe uh, want to do an audit of their product, you can always message me on uh, LinkedIn uh, in Dylan Man. I don't know. This sounds fun. I like launches and I like, uh, you know, when you put, uh, you know, you structure it like, okay, these 60 days you're doing this and then day zero. So that could be a lot of fun. That can be a successful way to launch because it does take planning, you know, and planning is tricky. I feel like I, I'm talking myself in circles, but Dylan, what you've shared so far, I think is very valuable and should be a corner of how sometimes people think about their e-commerce and Amazon businesses. Super cool. Right. I mean, it's something that like really help people uh, that our client would love to do as well. I mean, our client is just happy about the process. Yeah. Cool. So that's Dylan at OmniRank. You can find him on LinkedIn as well, Dylan Lamb. But thank you everyone for listening. If you have any more questions or if there's any podcast like this that you want to hear more of, let me know. And it would actually be a lot of fun for someone to do this in public. Like, like I'm going to launch and here's every step I'm going to do. Here's my Kickstarter. Boom, boom, boom. That would be interesting of itself. Okay. Well, thank you, Dylan, for coming on. Thank you, Scott, for having me. All right. Well, that's the pod. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Take care. One, two, three.